0: Welcome to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast with DeAndre Koch, brought to you by Boldly Go. Beyond being the founder of Boldly Go, DeAndre has a deep expertise in financial planning through owning his own financial planning firm. This finance background has provided him unique insights, enabling him to navigate the travel landscape with ease and is considered a renowned travel hacker. On this podcast, we're all about assisting adventurous travelers and budding explorers in tackling their travel hurdles, teaching luxury travel hacking strategies, and highlighting the busy professionals that still find time and ways to get away. Expect travel tips, unforgettable destination stories, and guidance on maximizing your rewards points. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out, join us in exploring the best of global travel and become an expert luxury travel hacker yourself. This is your journey, but our revolution in the world of travel.
1: Welcome everyone to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast. I'm your host, DeAndre Koch. I have my lovely travel partner, and partner of crime with me, my co-host today, Taryn Gisbert, uh, and we have an exciting one for you guys today. Quick note from our sponsor at Truicity Wealth Management: This is a new year, right? So you can increase how much you can put into your retirement accounts over last year. So make sure to talk to your financial advisor about how much you could or should be contributing to retirement. And if you need one, reach out to our team, and those links will be in the show notes. So today, we have an exciting two-parter for you. We're going to be unpacking our three-week trip to the Maldives that transpired over New Year's. And even more exciting, I think, is that because of popular demand, we're going from two shows a month to four shows a month. And so you're not going to have to wait two weeks for the next episode. You'll be able to catch it next week. Week, so we're going to have back to back weeks for the full Maldives story.
2: And if you want the in depth hacking strategy on how we used points to get about $42,000 worth of luxury travel, make sure to listen to episode five where DeAndre breaks all of it down in detail.
1: Yeah, that it was a doozy, we go into detail, but if you want the technical breakdown, check out that episode. So, Taryn, Maldives packing that was uh, that was an adventure. In its own, I, fe- I felt like it was just a challenge because we were going from cold climate winter, hot climate, but it wasn't just we were going straight there. We had some stops. Uh, I know that was a challenge. That was a challenge for me, and I feel like I'm pretty efficient packer. I know it was a little more difficult for you.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I mean, I had to st- I had to like scrap everything and start from scratch. Like I had to empty my toiletries bags and everything else because I was like, I need to be leaner somehow. Because, you know, I have a tendency to, you know, overpack like slightly. Never, Uh, never. (laughs) Sometimes a little bit. Uh, (laughs) And, um, you know, this was one that we had to plan because it was also like scuba gear. And like you said, different climates. So it's like, what weather are we going to have in London on Christmas? Like, it was a lot. I probably started packing for this trip way before I think Uh, any other trip that we've been on due to the length of time and just the variety of climates and activities.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think the added complexity as well, you know, with both of us being avid divers was, you know, we knew we were going to be doing a ton of diving while we were there. So we had to bring our dive gear. So that was a whole other bag that we had to pack Uh, strategically. And I mean, dive gear is not light. I mean, of course, we didn't bring weights and tanks with us, but we still brought everything else. We have flashlights, we have just reels, we have all sorts of just really cool things for diving. And we have really cool gear. And so I mean, and just even our fins, right, my fins are huge. And that took up extra space in my bag. So it was crazy. I know, I was really worried, because I'm always Almost always, you know, at the fifty-pound bag limit, I'm almost always, you know, thirty-five to forty pounds. My bag was fifty. I think your bag was like forty-nine, uh, which I don't know how you beat me that time. Uh, I think I blame my uh. fins. <laughs> uh, and then our dive bag was uh, fifty, almost sixty pounds. Yeah, and so I remember being a little stressed. I was like, "Man, they're gonna rake us over the coals with bag weights limits." But one of the perks of our trip. Or that we use travel hacking, we use points, and we were able to fly business class the majority of the way there. And so because we're a business class, uh, we actually got the upgraded baggage limits and weight limits. And so we didn't have to pay for baggage at all except for one point of the trip, which we'll get to a little bit later in the episode. But overall, um, baggage, a little bit stressful on the front end, but ended up being great. Mm.
2: Yeah. And that's the first time that we've both packed full gear too with both of our gear. Cause it's the first time that I've actually had gear, Yeah, uh, but you did, you did a really great job. There's a lot of stuff we packed into that bag and you I mean that was all you. So,
1: huh. well, the journey it took about three days, right? And so I know we could have fast tracked it there, uh, but we wanted to arrive a little more rested. Uh, so we had a twelve hour layover in Miami, um, which I mean we basically got up super early out of Norfolk, Virginia. You know, landed in Miami in the morning and then flew out of Miami at night. And uh, it was pretty convenient because you know we had your uh, your sister there that we were able to to crash with.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was so clutch. Having her place to to have a little crash pad. That brunch was clutch. Little brunch, little nap, and then get back on the on the travel. So
1: yeah, it was we, a nice
2: little sneak peek at the warm weather before we had to hit some other climates.
1: It was it was great, and of course, uh, we ended up going to the lounge at the airport early, uh, so we didn't go to the airport right when our flight was. We got there a few hours early, chilled in the lounge, had some drinks, had dinner as well. Uh, And then had a great flight, um, you know, headed using British Airways. So it was really cool. We actually were on the double-decker plane and we were on the top deck in business class, flew over to London and got to spend Christmas in London, which I know you were super excited about.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I studied there when I was 16. I did a summer semester. I love London and London on Christmas has always sort of been a thing. As you know, also Doctor Who, watching a Doctor Who Christmas special in London on Christmas was just, you know nerding out it was great
1: <laughs> it was great it was great so we had a really cool dinner right we had that restaurant that uh, gura gura uh restaurant which is amazing uh japanese food it was, uh, actually we have japanese
2: tapas yeah it japanese like, tapas
1: that was yes the, yes
2: It was a cool combo because you get small plates we got to try yes. so many cool things like i i don't think i've actually been to a japanese like tapas style place before
1: yeah and you could just uh, keep ordering that. you just turn the light on when you wanted to order more and more food and then when they brought it they turn after you order they turn off the light and it was almost like a brazilian steakhouse style they just keep yeah. feeding you until like you can't eat it anymore or you hit the time limit basically yeah,
2: which I thought was strange. I didn't realize that that was such a popular thing still in the UK that they do these like very strict time limits on your on your meal. I mean, we we were good on time and very full at the end, but right now we've learned from our friends as well that that's that's actually still very common there since uh, since COVID times. They said, yeah. So be prepared if you're in the UK, you might have a very strict time limit. So get there earlier on time for your reservation.
1: Then the next morning, we got up really early again. Uh, ended up flying to Doha, so Qatar, uh, and we landed in Qatar in the evening, uh, and so when we had spent a whole week in Qatar, um, a year, you know, last year, and so we felt pretty good that we didn't need to go out and venture and see the city as much. So we didn't walk around and do stuff like we did in London, but because of status, and we stayed at a Hyatt Regency, um, the Hyatt Regency Orc specifically in Doha, that we got a nice upgraded room, uh, and we had free breakfast, uh, but our flight out was so early. Basically, I just asked, "Hey, you know, can we do something different since we're not going to be able to actually enjoy breakfast? Because I think we had to leave at six or six thirty, uh, and breakfast started at seven. Uh, and the the host there was was super generous. Um, they uh, they basically gave us uh, room service breakfast for free, which typically isn't included in the free breakfast.
2: No, uh, it's definitely not. They were really accommodating, very cool, and honestly, that hotel was gorgeous. I had much uh, lower expectations for a airport type hotel, right? I mean, I think we all sort of just expect it to be convenient. But, like, that hotel, that high was beautiful. It was it great. It was really spectacular. And, like, they had, like, the whole, like, garden area and that Spanish restaurant that we ate in also was really cute. Tapas again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the live music. They had that club Rubik's, uh, which was that really was, nice.
2: Yeah, that was so cool. It was ladies' night. That was so unexpected that it was, like, like a club in the downstairs of the Hyatt there. I mean, the music was good. Yeah. The vibe was really fun.
1: It was great. Would absolutely stay there again for another night. And it was close to the airport. It was awesome. But after that, we took off the next morning and landed in the Maldives. I mean, you had the window seat, which you, I was, you know, I, I know you love the window seat. I prefer the aisle. You're
2: the best. <laughs> so,
1: so you got the views. What was your impressions just seeing what we were coming into from the window?
2: Oh my gosh, it was so breathtaking. It's, it's like, the stuff you see on social media, like a lot of times you see like Instagram versus reality, like it actually is as breathtaking in person, those aerial views, as it is on social media. And that's not generally how life works. Um, So I was really taken back actually at how gorgeous it was and how like, It was just truly unique the way that you could just see the colors and the the sand and like the teal and turquoise around it, which is my favorite color. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so I didn't realize this, and be after spending so much time there, you know, learning from the dive instructors and stuff. Maldives is actually formed by essentially a ton of volcanoes underwater uh, that you know formed mountains underwater uh, that some of them broke. You know, the surface of the water-informed islands and others, you know, are still, you know, 20, 30 feet below the surface forming pinnacles. And so when you see all the circles there with the teal where it's like just teal or, or bright green and then it just go, as a circle, then around it's just deep blue. It's literally underwater mountains that are formed, which was really, really cool. I mean, it was just breathtaking just from the air as we're landing, which was incredible.
2: And you could see the, the drop-offs where it would go from teal to like – Dark, dark blue because it goes yeah. like so deep in between uh, where those pinnacles are. I mean, the colors were just breathtaking. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. That being said, the airport absolutely chaos. Um, and they're working on it. They're clearly expanding. Um, they're, I think they're at a point where they realize they have way too much volume for the size of the airport. Uh, and so, I mean, imagine just a, a very small airport on a pretty small island in Malay, but multiple massive, massive airplanes are landing at a time. And there's not even... Uh, you know, usually when you get on a plane, you get on like a sky bridge that takes you right to the door. Like every airport's landing parking far away, and you have to walk down steps and you ride a bus in. And the immigration area got was very packed. Uh, it was very hot, very slow moving it was really chaotic probably really one of the only negative experiences there and that's what it happens you know when you come into a, an, another country at, you, know, you just got to be used to that but just don't expect okay beautiful country maldives are going to lay out the red carpet at the airport it's 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 pretty chaotic
2: yeah it was but i mean we got a little sneak peek at what they're building and it's like it feels like 10 times the size of the area that we were in and it looks super nice and modern. So I'm I'm looking forward to when they finally have all the, the new stuff done, which I know probably be a little while, but it looks really beautiful.
1: I agree. Two tips uh, I would provide. So tip number one. uh, So there's a QR code that you have to, or or, or there's an application that you have to basically fill out when you're leaving uh, for the Maldives and also actually leaving the Maldives to come back home. Make sure you fill that out before you get up to the immigration person, because it's a very, very long line. And if you get up there and you don't have it filled out, They're not going to wait for you to fill it out in front of them. Even though it only takes two minutes, they're going to send you to the back of the line. And we literally saw people crying because I guess they didn't see all the QR codes everywhere that said, please fill out this application. And And uh they
2: had to go back in line. And, you know, it, it was not a short line and it was pretty, pretty warm in there. So yeah,
1: it was, yeah. It was very warm in there. And the second piece as well uh, is uh, the SIM card or eSIM. So we were thankful that we were actually given some recommendations for this in advance. But basically, uh, if you have a major cell phone provider, like in the U.S., Um, A lot of them actually don't work with Maldives. And so we both have Verizon. uh, And we're used to using Verizon's international travel pass all over the world. It doesn't work in Maldives. Not for data, at least. You can only do talk or text. And it's like $0.05 per text and $2 a minute to talk. And so there, you can get oh, us. reminds me of my Nokia. Oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> Back in the exactly. Day, yeah. Back in their you know 2005 <laughs> texting, um, and so you can actually go and pay for a SIMS card, and they're actually not super expensive. It was like you know forty dollars for twenty gigs or fifty dollars for hundred gigs of data. And if you have a newer iPhone, so I think iPhone fourteen or newer, uh, they actually can't swap out the SIMS card. That's what they were they they were initially doing. They actually can load an eSIM on your phone. But make sure you get that all sorted out because when you get there, it's chaotic. People are trying to get on their ferries and their boats and they're transferred off of the main island. I would say take time and just plan on that taking about 30 minutes after you get through immigration to find the people that have the e-sim, get that swapped out and get that done. That way you have data the rest of your trip if that's something that you care about. Now, if you want to go completely off. Yeah, go ahead.
2: I'm gonna say un- unless you want a different kind of vacation and you don't have the kind of job or or life that you you just want to unplug, this a really good excuse, I think, to totally unplug if if that's what you want in a vacation. And I think the Maldives is a beautiful place to do that. So, you know, you don't have to do an ESIM, but if you want to, do it ahead of time for sure because. It, there's like no service in the airport, even trying right. to pay as much as they would do. So,
1: right, the Wi-Fi Definitely in the airport that. was 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 not great, and you know most of the hotels you go to and places have Wi-Fi, but you're, a lot of times you're on boats and other things and transferring. If you care about it, again, something to keep in mind. So after navigating the chaos of the airport, because there's also when you walk out, just to give you have you prepared as well, when you walk out of the like immigration and baggage claim doors, there's about 200 different people with signs for all the different resorts and places you can go. And you have to kind of literally find the one that's for your resort, right? Uh, and some resorts have people, other resorts have booths. So you want to really know Who's going to be picking you up so you can kind of figure out your way next on the journey? I know, uh, Taryn, you actually are the one that found uh, where we stayed next, which was the Adarin Prestige Resort.
2: Yeah, um, I, I was excited to go there. I know that one of the things that we really wanted to do, and I think most people do, uh, is a, have the overwater villa experience. And they had beautiful overwater villas as well as being a adults only all inclusive, which we figured would be You know, desirable is kind of something that I mean, we like to do when we have that option. Uh I thought it was really cool though when you walked out of the airport that you had all the different boats right there to take you like transportation style like water taxi or some of them were much fancier actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the Ritz, the, the
1: Ritz-Carlton uh transfer was like its own yacht essentially. <laughs> it
2: was. That was like their transportation boat but it was like a full on yacht. Um, yeah so I mean there's a big range but I've never seen that where you come out of an airport and then you have all this boat transportation so that was actually pretty cool just to be able to like wheel your bags out and be able to get on the boat. And, you know, Adarin was only 30 minutes from Malé, which was super convenient. That's one of the reasons that we also picked it because we didn't want to go venture too far because we knew we were getting our, our pickup for scuba spot was going to be from Malé. So this was a really good option, I think.
1: Yeah, it was, it was great. One thing I was pretty bummed about, I won't lie, is anytime you ever see videos or pictures of the Maldives, right? It's just pristine blue water, blue skies. When we got there, it was gray. It was gray and raining, and so it took us 30 minutes because the surf was kind of rough and it was again raining. Uh, usually, sometimes I think if it's weather's great, only we've taken 15 to 20 by speedboat. And so our first few days there, we actually didn't actually see sun in the Maldives until probably about closer to day four um, or mm-hmm. five. And so in my head, of course, I was like, of course, we come all this way, uh, we have this long journey, and the forecast when you look on that app was just rain for every day for the next like week and a half. And I was like, of course, it's going to be the one time it rains forever nonstop in the Maldives. I will say a lot of things are passing. And make sure you do venture out around the Maldives because it could be pouring in one island and then completely sunny and just crystal clear day at the next island or the next atoll as well.
2: You could like see it in the distance where you're like, wow, it's raining over there uh, on that island. And it's it's not raining here or vice versa i mean it was it was kind of wild with those passing storms like how it would just be just on the side kind of kind of rain
1: <laughs> yeah and so we we but. we, we spent 4 days at the uh, adar in there prestige vadu so adults only which was really nice i know we had the overwater villa uh, i know you like fell in love with the fish that we could see through the see-through floor in the villa which was super cool
2: Oh my gosh, that was like one of the coolest features, and I'm I'm really glad that like our villa had that because I know a lot of them don't now that I've started look, like looking into them. But yeah, when you were in the bathroom, which was like huge, there was this big couch that you could like lay on, and there was this whole like like it wasn't glass like a plex, like a plexiglass or something, yeah. um, but you could see underneath the villa, and you could see like the fish that were swimming around, and it was just it it the, the life that was there like when we hadn't even gone anywhere else was just incredible to see the amount of fish. I mean, the sharks and the herons. And I mean, we saw a lot of wildlife just like sitting in the back of our villa or sitting on the couch when it was raining. So I I didn't feel like I was robbed of like the, you know, uh, nature watching experience, even when it was raining, because we could completely enjoy that from like the comfort of our villa inside.
1: It was great you know we had an outdoor jacuzzi we had an outdoor pool indoor shower and everything as well and then we had steps right down the to the water that we were right over and the sea life there was just incredible there there were so many fish that I mean and, and thankfully we had our dive gear so we had fins and everything with us which we could have rented them if we didn't have it from the resort as well but we literally just like walked down the steps of our villa and went snorkeling which was really cool.
2: Yeah, having that access to such beautiful water was incredible. I was I was so even more stoked for more diving and things just seeing what we would see just stepping right off of the steps of our villa. I was like this is this is really incredible.
1: Yeah, I know uh, a lot of the listeners follow us on on Instagram where we do a lot of stories and videos and uh, reels and such. And they were commenting like, oh my gosh, when they saw like the sea life, when they saw the room that we had. And just to be really clear, the, the four days we stayed here, this was not a hack. So most of our hack was uh, the trip getting here to the Maldives and back. And then also our stay at the Hyatt, which we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. Uh, this was not a hack. So we actually paid cash for this place. But... It was very cost effective, and again, it was all inclusive as well. And the resort was fantastic. Uh, one thing that really surprised us is they had a DJ on the beach every night, and they had a dance floor like on the sand. And I will tell you, for those that know me personally, I'm a you know huge music fan. I'm actually a DJ as well. I've done it for years. This was the most insane sound setup outside on an island I've ever seen. And I've been to some really cool nightclubs and places. And this wasn't like a huge club setup, but they made it sound and feel that way with just a booth. And we partied pretty hard. And the DJ loved us because we were dancing. Uh, we were sometimes the only people dancing. Uh, he would play. So he would play whatever we requested. And, and they really killed it.
2: Yeah, he was a really good DJ. The music was great and I didn't mind some of those times when we had the whole dance floor to ourselves. I mean, it's not like we're shy and we need other people to be dancing to get us up there. So, uh, I that was a really cool surprise and you know, when I was getting a little hot, we could just take a break and be standing with your ankles in in the water and feel in the breeze. It was really nice to be that close. I've never I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And it, well, while it wasn't a hack, I do want to say I actually did get more points though because I booked it through Amex portal.
1: Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, uh, we did. And I
2: did get and I got my uh, hotel credit as well because it was one part of their collection. It wasn't a fine hotel, but it was mm-hmm. still on their hotel collection, so I ended up getting extra points because of the portal, booking through Amex as well as my uh, $200 credit. So Awesome. It was a little, you know, we're still banking it. Right. We still got the strategy.
1: Hey, that's, I, I love it. I love it. So, uh, from the best. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I have to give a shout out at uh, Adara and Prestige to uh, Mr. Adams, Octavius Adams. He's a general manager because. I had reached out a month earlier before we got there and Taryn actually booked this room. And so uh, I reached out and said, hey, you know, I wanted to plan something special. And I told Aaron, uh, Taryn that we were going to have our anniversary brunch. So this would have been uh, our two-year anniversary. Uh, would have been So we arrived on um, into Adarin on Wednesday. Our two-year anniversary is going to be Friday. However, Friday's uh, I think, a holy day for them. So uh, they weren't really able to accommodate much that Friday. Not that we... Uh in the resort, you know, you could still eat and drink and have fun all those different things, but I wanted to do something special, and so I said till Taryn it was gonna be an anniversary brunch, and I will actually let Taryn share the story of what happened.
2: I'm so sneaky. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky uh yeah, he was like, oh, we're gonna do something for our you know anniversary, it'll be a brunch, and I'm thinking like, oh, okay, like I like brunch." Uh, And then I found out there was like a boat involved and I'm thinking, okay, so it's like a shared boat experience. They said like, bring your, your snorkel and fins. And I'm like, okay, I, I, now I'm a little confused. Not sure what, is this going to be a big group of people?
1: That was, I will say, that was unintended misdirection because there was a little miscommunication on uh, on their end, uh, and so there was no need for a snorkel or fins. It did end up working as a misdirection, but it kind of threw me yes. off as well when they said, "Hey, bring your snorkel and fins," because that was not in the plans.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, so that definitely kind of threw me off a bit. But then we took this really nice boat. And it was just the two of us. And we were going and it was really, it was a really cute boat, really pretty. The views were great. And I was like, well, where are we going? You know, and <laughs> You know, you're just like, I don't know. I was like, really? You don't know? Like, okay, like, I'll play along.
1: <laughs> I kind of didn't <laughs> and- know because the boat was just literally going out to sea in a direction. And also the waves were pretty, were getting choppy. And so we were just going in a direction and she's like, where are you going? I was like, ah, I, I, I had an idea, I, but I literally didn't know exactly where we were going. <laughs> well,
2: I definitely didn't know where we were going. And, you know, we, we start getting close to this like sandbank and it it's just beautiful with like – all of the colors, like the sand is super white. And then like the water was like this blue. It was like clear, like teal. It was just so pretty. And you could see a couple people that were out like on this like sandbank. And we got into a smaller boat uh, in order to bring us onto this small sandbank. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so, you know, I guess where are we are we eating here? And then I saw that the people standing there, you know, had a camera. And next thing I, I realized, you know, there's like a little path in the sand. And at the end of that is a, is a big heart. And it said, marry me in it. And it was just like, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And the sun opened up like just for those moments, which, yeah, I mean, the weather cooperated with that one. You can't say that we didn't have a little, a little peak of paradise. And I feel like that was
1: just as it was meant to be. It did. Uh, so big shout out to uh, Mr. Adams and the entire darn crew, because they helped me pull off a proposal from the other side of the world. I literally would get up for the gym at five in the morning uh, and leave and give him a call, uh, you know, to, to work out the strategy and everything like that. But we were able, I, I had them send a photographer and a drone Operator ahead of time. Uh, we had a whole picnic planned as well, but the the winds were insane, and so afterwards we were we were trying to sit down for this picnic. Uh, even had a bottle of non alcoholic champagne because uh, they they you know they they couldn't take uh, alcohol off the resort. It's a hundred percent Muslim country, uh, so they did provide a bo- non-alcoholic champagne, which I'd never had before. Uh, so we're drinking that, trying to eat these picnic burgers, but we're getting destroyed by sand because the wind's blowing so hard. But uh, I give it up to the photographer. He made, he took amazing shots. We got drone footage mm-hmm. and we're just in this sand bank, like a private kind of island in the middle of the Maldives. And it was executed flawlessly. And more importantly, Taryn said, Yes, so uh, now she's. It
2: would be a little awkward if I did. That would it
1: would it would be a little <laughs> awkward. It would be a little awkward. Um, but super thankful um, for that that whole experience. They absolutely killed it. It and was it, magical. It, it was yeah. it, it was, and thankfully we did it when we did it. Everything worked out perfectly. It was really choppy and really rough getting back. And the, uh, Mr. Adams actually said that because it was a red flag warning, he was very close to having to call it and say, hey, we can't do this. And again, I've been planning this for a while. Uh, but he gave me that, that vindication when we arrived because he told Darren, he was like, this guy's been planning this for a month. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I want to know. I, was, I put a lot of time and effort into this. And it, it just worked out. It worked out great. And they, they absolutely did a great job. Their staff was phenomenal.
2: Yeah. And the photos and videos, it was fantastic. So we have like that footage and, you know, it, it eliminated the need to do like an engagement shoot. I was like, look at that. Already did it. Beautiful. Uh, Try to be efficient. I mean, what better, I say what better place to do those photos as well. I mean, it was just so beautiful. It was I mean, be- great
1: job, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is DeAndre Koch, interrupting this episode real quick to let you know that if you want to see the video of the proposal and how it was executed on the sandbank in the middle of the ocean in the Maldives, head over to our boldlygo.world Instagram page and we have the full video pinned to our profile. Also, if you want to learn the secrets on how to travel in luxury like we do without breaking the bank, we've partnered with Lux Travel Hacks to provide you access to their in-depth online travel hacking course with a deep discount. Click the link in the show notes and use the code BOLDLYGO at checkout to take advantage of this huge opportunity. All right, now back to the show. So oh, again, overall staff was great. Taryn, any other wrap-up thoughts with uh, uh, a Darin? I mean, they were they were great. I would be happy to stay there again. And unlike a lot of other resorts, there they only had overwater villas. They didn't have like beach villas and overwater. They only had overwater, reasonably priced, close to the airport. Uh, butler
2: service as well.
1: But yes, butler service. Uh, Butlers mm-hmm. the butler was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I forgot oh, to yeah. mention. Yeah, we. I mean. the just great. had yeah,
2: a butler in the WhatsApp chat. I mean, it's super convenient that you can kind of just like, what, what do you need kind of thing. Um, and we had our first bed decorated, which we found out was like a competitive sport, basically, in the <laughs> Maldives, where they would just make these beautiful uh, bed decorations for special occasions. Just the intricacies of using the plants and the flowers. It was just beautiful.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Great experience. Ad- darn was 10 oh, out of yeah. 10.
2: I'd love to go back there. After leaving Adarin, we spent a week on a liveaboard called Scuba Spa, and that experience is getting its own episode. It was so incredible. So uh, going to fast forward a week to talk about the Park Hyatt experience where we spent the last five days of the trip before returning home.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Park Hyatt was great. Um, and th- so this part of the trip was also a hack as well. Uh, and so again, listen to episode five. That's going to have the breakdown of points and, and all those different things. But we had a, our flight, regional flight from Malay. We were really hoping we we're going to be on a seaplane. Um, but this was actually a legit plane. It was actually prop plane, but just large. And so we relaxed in the lounge in Malay. And one of the things that we learned, I, I believe I could be wrong, but I believe the entire capital city of Malé is a dry capital. So I don't think you can get alcohol anywhere. So the lounge there just had some food, some snacks, some sodas. Um, but if you're thinking of kind of r- relaxing with a mimosa, that's not going to happen there at the at the airport. Uh, neither in the regional lounge or their much bigger lounge um, that we 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 were at on the way home. Overall, lounges,
2: hotels. Exp-
1: yeah, well and, and hotels. Yeah. yeah.
2: So if you're there for a layover and you don't leave Malé to go to a resort off site, sort of like we did like with Darin, you won't be able to find anywhere with alcohol, which is also just good to know if, if that's something that's more important to you with your planning.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things also, this is probably one of the more annoying things that happened. So their credit card system was down at some point when we had gotten there and so we even had friends that had came off the boat with us at scuba spa uh, that were trying to pay to get into the lounge we had access because of the credit cards we have through priority pass they were trying to pay to get into the lounge they couldn't Uh, and what's really annoying is the majority of the maldives uses us dollars go figure uh, for all their currency for everything but the atms pay out maldivian dollars And so they basically said, hey, we need cash, but you got to pay in U.S. But if you don't have U.S. cash on you and you can go get an ATM and Maldivian dollars, it doesn't really do you much good, which is a really weird thing. Mm -hmm. And so when we went to go pay for our baggages, this is where it was a nightmare with how much weight we had. Basically, the guy was like, dude, you're just way overweight. It was like a $220 baggage charge one way went to pay with the credit card, their card was down. I'm, I'm trying one card after another, after another. I'm like, I know all these cards are in decline. Taryn's like giving me two or three cards. They're all failing. Uh, and then I just, we, thankfully we had enough cash on us. Um, and we brought a decent amount of cash. I do want to point out to tip all the people that we knew that we were going to be uh, serving us or providing a service throughout this trip. So we took out a, uh, the 200 in cash and paid for it uh, and was able to make the flight. The regionals portion of the Mali Airport's really cramped. Um, it's like a three gate area. Um, it's it's not like the most ideal place to be. And the lounge is actually outside of where you go through security check as well. And so, you know, you, once you actually check in, you're kind of just stuck to sitting and waiting for the plane at this area.
2: It was definitely an interesting experience. I kind of am a little sad we didn't get to do a seaplane, but I guess we also didn't realize how far we were going to be going when we looked at going south. Cause I think you said that the distance was the same of flying from like New York to Virginia. Yeah. One of those things that I I hadn't really taken in the full scope of how large the Maldives were and how far South we were going. But when we got there, Oh my gosh, I thought I'd been to small airports. I really, I thought I'd been to some of the tiniest ones, but this by far was the smallest airport I've ever seen.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The the plane landed on the runway. (laughs) And then basically, like, made one left turn, drove fifty feet, and stopped. Right, and then and then we all got off the plane, and then you know those carts where you put the the suitcases in and everything like that they they're usually pulled by you know a guy in like a golf cart or a trowel or something. This was just pushed by four guys, just like wheeled away from the plane, pushed into a tunnel, and then the, there wasn't even a carousel. It was just like a metal, I don't know. Table trough. a very long yeah we'll trough. trough yeah they're just like tossing <laughs> bags onto this trough it it, it was a super super tiny and because the bag bags were too heavy my main bag so our dive bag made it but my main suitcase actually it was like oh it's gonna come on the next flight. One thing I'd recommend, these flights, the way they work is, um, you know, these flights are going back and forth to different airports, almost like most airlines, but the schedules aren't that consistent and very often these flights can be delayed. So if you're trying to take one of these regional flights out of Malay to, you know, another destination, I would try to get the earlier ones in the day because the later you go, the more likely the delays are going to happen because our flight never even said delayed, like, you know, most airlines would. And I think our flight was at 12 10. And we actually didn't end up boarding the plane till like 1245. And there was no update that ever said delayed or anything like that. Um, So it's not Mm -hmm. as intuitive of a travel system throughout other countries like you would experience in the United States or Europe or, or whatever it may be. It's okay, even though the bag was delayed, the the airline communicated with the Hyatt. The Hyatt already knew when we landed that they were missing a bag, and they were like, "Hey, it's going to be here. We'll get it to your villa. Not a problem." And they Hyatt made it super smooth. I mean, everything was really, really, really great. Even you know, they provided a great service for us when we were getting our on, when we were on the boat from the airport to the island. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was a
2: really. Nice experience. They had like towels, refreshing towels, as well as like this passion fruit, like iced tea. I mean, it's pretty nice boat ride. I got to say it was giving you everything luxury that you could get when, you know, knowing that you had been flying and traveling and they just started you off like as soon as you got on the boat with like, okay, time to relax.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure and this is really where the status with the Hyatt came in play so we were able to be there as globalist Hyatt globalist uh and so when we arrived there the GM of the resort actually was on the dock waiting for us uh and he greeted uh, us by name uh and so when we got on the dock he said Mr. Coke, how are you? Ms. Gisbert, how are you? Uh, I'm the GM and introduce myself. And I didn't really think that was a globalist thing. I just thought that, you know, GM was being the GM. And our host, Fadi, who was fantastic, she actually said, no, he doesn't do that for everyone. He went out there specifically for you guys. And it was cool because, you know, they put us on a golf cart and that golf cart took us right to our villa. We didn't go to a lobby to check in and do everything. Like literally took us right to our villa and got a tour. There were, I think, maybe, Three other couples on the boat with us, they were all in a group golf cart and were taken to their individual rooms, like one after the other. Whereas we were in our own golf cart and kind of got our own just direct lane to our villa, which, Taryn, I'll let you talk about how awesome the villa was.
2: Oh my gosh. It was amazing, especially after coming off of being on a boat, which, I mean, you'll hear more about that, but it's not, it was not shabby where we were staying, but it is smaller. And this villa was. Enormous. So, I mean, I was not wanting for space in any, any way. Uh, I mean, you had your own beach area. We had the pool. We had the loungers outside. And then on the other end, we had a whole outdoor shower, outdoor giant tub. Stone um, tub, yeah stone tub, which was so cool, surrounded in all those beautiful, like, greens and plants. And, like, the bathroom was enormous. Like, it was, like, you know, his and hers setup of everything, your own sinks, closets, all the space. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was one of the most, like, spacious and really just quality, I think, places that I've, I've stayed.
1: Yeah, private beach access was amazing. And, um, I had mentioned this stay in a few social groups, social media groups and that are for travel hacking. And people are like, Oh, boo, it does. It's not the overwater villa. So we could have actually paid to upgrade to the overwater villa, but we decided not to because we already stayed in overwater villa. I'll be honest with you I'll take the beach Villa any day. this place was top 10 all places that I think we've stayed uh, from a room mm-hmm. standpoint it, it, it was amazing and we because of globalist we got upgraded so we had the outdoor pool as well in our own villa they came and cleaned it daily we had basically a forest surrounding us it was amazing and also because of globalist we got the breakfast every single day for free and that's actually a huge money save. Mm-hmm. That was, that was huge. And the breakfast was amazing, too. I
2: was going to say, that breakfast was insane. Like, when you have a breakfast bar, I mean, how often is it just, like, continental, you know? Or, or just, you know, generic kind of breakfast. But they had, like, a whole international section with different variety, whether it be, like, Indian or American or Western. And there was, like – it was just incredible options of what you could get, the fruit, the baked goods – Uh, That was one of the best breakfast spreads. And that's like if you don't even order anything off the menu, but then they'd bring, you know, your own iPad to look at this menu. And then they had incredible, you know, stuff that you would expect to have at any high end resort as well that you could order. So like anything you wanted, for the most part, they they had. And I love the little cocktail, make your own breakfast cocktail, which they would rotate. That was that was really cool as tequila sunrise the first day. And they have yep. like the, the jigger and all the little steps there. So you could make it with the fresh orange juice. And I thought that was a really cute touch that you could kind of make your own. And it wasn't just like a mimosa uh, or a Bloody Mary. They they mixed it up every day. It was a new breakfast cocktail. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, it, it was a huge spread. I mean, they had like Indian food and Asian food for breakfast. I mean, things that you probably traditionally wouldn't have for breakfast they had. Um, but what I was saying before is that the it's a huge money save by being globalist. Because one thing, yes, we hacked our way there. But no matter whether you're paying cash or points, the Hyatt there is expensive. It's a beautiful place but it's going to cost you each drink you know probably 18 to 20 dollars uh, a burger is literally 50 dollars it was a great burger don't get me wrong but literally 50 dollars right breakfast if you're paying for breakfast for the two of you between just a coffee and, and regular entree and buffet, you're you're probably looking at around 100 per for breakfast for two people per day let alone if you're a family of four right so Absolutely, status matters because status helps you elevate your experience and also save money at the same time, which is what we were able to do. And speaking of elevating your status or, or your experience, every single day, every single day we were there, we were greeted by the food and beverage director, and I can't—I think it was either Franci- I think it was Fernando uh, or Francisco. I, I want to say it's Fernando, and every single day he came up to us and he said, "Hey, how can I elevate your experience?" And Taryn and I were just like. This is great. Like what? Like we like like what else could be done to elevate our experience? And on the last day, I finally asked them, "What do people ask for?" Right? Like like this has been incredible. What do people ask for? And he was like, "Well, would you like to see how the island runs? How where where the staff stays?" And we did.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's like, "Oh, we'll do a back of house tour." I was like, "Oh, you could do that." Like (laughs) they had such unique offerings and it just, I mean, he made us feel like MVPs, like uh, VIPs, (laughs) MVPs. (laughs) I felt like that too. I felt very, I was having a great trip, obviously. So, and that started even though the weather wasn't great because, you know, epic proposal. So the rain wasn't getting me down either, but we did have gorgeous weather once we got here as well too, which was just fantastic. So it was for the most part, except the first night, I guess. First night we had a little rain, but
1: First Absolutely. night was a little rain. That's when we did the barbecue night inside, uh, which was nice, they had a nice in, indoor area. And then uh, the last couple nights, though, pristine. I mean, we had amazing stargazing as well. We could see so many constellations because, you know, we're on an island and it's just only lights that you have are what's on the island. And so just going a little bit away into the darkness on the beach and you could just see so many stars, so many constellations. It was, it was really, really awe-inspiring.
2: Oh, it was really beautiful. And the barbecues they do like twice a week, and they also like rotate the different cuisines. And I remember the the first night we got there, they were doing that, and they said it was like two fifty per person, and I was like, "That's a deal." And you're you're like, "That doesn't sound like like a deal." I was to like, me. "That sounds expensive." <laughs> and
1: then when I saw the cost of everything, I was like, "Okay, I I, I think uh, that makes more sense." Especially two fifty per person. You, you know, we pretty much have unlimited beverage service during dinner as well.
2: Yeah, it was unlimited like barbecue for the most part and all these different sides and and then you had unlimited wine or cocktails or whatever the theme was. So
1: Caribbean uh, lobster, I've, I mean they had uh, a huge spread. I mean, it was an h- incredible barbecue spread.
2: Yeah, I love that they cooked it to order too. So you'd go pick out what you wanted and they'd throw it on. Uh, and they had a big green egg, which I love mine. And they would cook it up and bring it to your table and you give them like a little clothes yep. pin. So they knew which table you were at. Uh, so you didn't have to like even carry all your stuff around either, which is, it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. We did it again. Because, you know, it was pretty great. Uh, was, I'm glad we it did was. it again. Because yeah, uh, especially we got England's... to do it on the beach. Yeah, right, the weather exactly. was much better that day.
1: Yeah, on the beach at night under the stars was was awesome. The amenities were great, right? They had a, the uh, the gym. They had a separate spa pool. Spa pool outside of we actually never used the main pool. We only ever used our villa pool and the spa pool. And you know, Taryn, I know you can comment on the spa experience because I think you had uh, a treatment there. How how's the spa?
2: Oh, it was amazing that you get like these entire like sections and rooms and bathrooms and lounge areas. Uh, you have your own pool. I mean, it was it was gorgeous. I got a scrub, and like every detail was just really nice throughout everything. Uh, and something I noticed at all of the spas is uh, when you when you are on the massage table looking down. Usually there's nothing there, which you don't really think about until you get to the Maldives and they have beautiful like bowls full of shells and like beautiful things to look at, which was just like small touches like that, that just made it really different. And it just sort of continued to like make it feel elevated and unique to the Maldives, which I thought was just beautiful.
1: Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, we even got to do some diving there um, with their, with their crew. We rode on their Donia, their great dive boat. I know we saw the, the leopard shark, uh, which was really cool. I had never seen one on a dive before. And then there were so many sea turtles where we went, like yeah. so many.
2: Yeah. They were beautiful. I you know, I love sea
1: turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know you do. And then the last morning we were there. So it was really cool actually. Um, You know, usually you have to check out at 11 or whatever it may be. So they arranged, so actually the Hyatt arranged our flight. So they arranged our uh, like what flight we'd be on to get there and what flight we would get back to Malay on. And so we Uh, ended up actually our last day not leaving until, I think, 4 p.m., and they kept our villa open the entire time. So we basically had an entire other day. We had breakfast, which we actually had a floating breakfast there, um, which was really, really cool. Uh, And so a nice floating breakfast in our villa pool. Which was nice, and then we did uh, the canoeing. So we did the see-through canoe uh, over the water, which was awesome, and it really capped off an amazing trip that was uh, just a fantastic experience. And we got back to the airport, they they took the, we took the boat back to the airport, and this time because their their crew was with us to help, we actually didn't have to pay baggage on the way there or on the way back. That's Kind of my fault because uh, that we paid baggage the first time because uh, where we got dropped off from the liveaboard scuba spa, they dropped us off right in front of the domestic terminal and Hyatt's helper was in the international terminal looking for us. And so I just went straight to the gate to do our stuff. So probably wouldn't have paid for baggage on the way there, but you know that's not a guarantee. But basically, even though we were overweight, the Hyatt took care of it, which was, uh, again, they just constantly wanted to make sure we had a positive experience. And so we then we went back to Male and, and had one more night there.
2: Hyatt even communicated with them about our transport and everything else. They helped us make sure that we got picked up. To even get to our hotel in Mali. So, like, uh, the communication behind the scenes was really awesome because, you know, it seems kind of complicated because there was a time difference too. Yeah. Where we were, it was an hour difference than Mali. So, just keeping track of what time we needed to leave and get there and a reminder to change our time back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, they made everything oh, like really simple because they did so much on the back end for us.
1: It was, it was. And I know we, so reason why we, we actually went back to Malay uh, is we didn't want to have to deal with coordinating, like leaving an Island, taking a f- domestic flight, getting there and then immediately getting on an international long haul flight. And so we want to make sure if there's any delays, any baggage issues, anything that we would be good to go. And it actually worked great. Taryn actually found the hotel that had, had air, transportation already like built in. So they picked us up from the airport. Uh, we, it was a very small hotel. Nothing fancy about it. Very inexpensive, also. But also, we had an incredible dinner there, and we paid for two meals for both of us and, uh, you know, a drink. I think we paid sixteen dollars US. For- <laughs> when <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a big difference from what we were coming from, too. I feel like it was even more like, wow, what a bargain! Yeah, it-, it was delicious.
1: Huge and the food was incredible, and we paid was- literally a third less for two people than one item for one person at the Hyatt. So again, Hyatt was great, but just you're going to spend a pretty penny there on the greater experience. Then we flew out the next morning and that was basically the trip. So any last thoughts, Taryn, before we wrap up? I know we're going a little long on time. I know we're, we're going to talk part two next week. Any last thoughts between Adarin, Hyatt, trip travel to the Maldives? Any last wrap-up thoughts you have?
2: I think we covered most of it, but I mean, it was, it was great. And, and Lonavelli at least, I mean, there's no alcohol obviously anywhere in Mali, but we did actually also have a view of the beach and the water, which was nice to like see it one more time before we left. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I had to say goodbye. (laughs) It
1: it was great. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode here. Stay tuned for next week when we break down our amazing week-long experience on Scuba Spa. That was a liveaboard yacht with about 21 cabins where we spent time with incredible marine life. Uh, We traveled through many of the different islands and atolls. We made lots of new friends. Um, We partied for New Year's on the boat we jumped into the ocean at night. Uh, we just had an, a phenomenal experience. So stay tuned in next week to get the lay of that entire week. We want to dedicate an entire week episode to that. And also what our experience was like flying back business class on Virgin Atlantic. So that was our hack on the way back as well. Use points, flew all the way back home, business class on Virgin Atlantic. So reminders for you make sure to follow us on all the social media platforms especially Instagram we live uh, we, we we had stories going through our entire trip we have highlights of the trip as well if you want to see the marine life if you want to see uh, where we stayed we have videos of the villas we stayed in I mean incredible incredible places the maldives was gorgeous. And remember to visit the website boldlygo.world and sign up for our newsletter. You're going to get recommendations on what cards to use for travel hacking, uh, what cards are best for certain categories of spending. That way you can make your travel hacking experience easier and get to your next dream destination faster. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. And remember, travel hacking is always better when you find your player too. Taryn, as always, thanks for being my travel hacking partner in life now, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.
0: Thanks for tuning into the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast brought to you by Boldly Go. Hit that follow button so you don't miss out on new episodes. For deeper insights and to level up your travel game with our strategies, book a consultation with us. Head over to www.boldlygo.world to set it up and explore more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boldly Go. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The strategies and results referenced on this site, while proven, are not guaranteed. While most who apply the principles referenced will achieve similar results, you may not yourself. Your results will vary and depend on many factors that may be in or out of your control, but include factors such as your credit score, financial status, business experience, etc. It is your responsibility to consume and implement these recommendations at your own risk. We cannot be held responsible for any failure to do so.